Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. Hello, folks, and thank you for joining us. Today, we have a special episode. This episode was actually dug up out of the archives. It originally aired in November of 2011, KDRP Community Radio. The guest for this episode was Sonny Falcon, the Fajita King. Sonny unfortunately passed in December of 2019. For those of you who don't recognize Sonny Falcon, he was the very first one to commercially sell fajitas, and this show is dedicated to him. The name of the show, Chickens Don't Have Fajitas. I hope you enjoy. It's now time for 501 News Latino on KDRP Independent Community Radio, 103.1, 100.1, and streaming worldwide at kdrplive.org. Here are the hosts of 501 News Latino, J.R. Gonzalez and Evalina Solis. And welcome to 501 News Latino with J.R. Gonzalez and Evelina Solis. Evelina, I am so excited about this show. I've been waiting for this for a long time now, you know. I know we've been talking about it, I think, everywhere we go. So I'm finally glad that the time has arrived. And the show, folks, is going to be titled Chickens Don't Have Fajitas. <laughs> you want to name a book no, after well, that someday, right? Hey, I'm actually going to start a book. I'm going to start a website, blog. a blog, or whatever. Yeah. Chickens Don't Have Fajitas. You know, Evelina, it really upsets me. Every time I go places, I go to like to a Mexican food restaurant. I'm in different parts of the country. And I love fajitas. I mean, I grew up on fajitas. I love them. And I order fajitas and the waiter or waitress go sir would you like chicken fajitas or beef fajitas oh my gosh at that point i have to correct them i go look <laughs> lady chickens don't have fajitas fajitas is a cut of meat that comes from a cow so when you're saying like a chicken fajita that's like saying would you like a chicken t-bone all right. Yeah, it doesn't go together. It doesn't huh? happen. And then, too, if someone goes, would you like shrimp fajitas? Oh, my gosh. That my really gets you. Your blood boiling. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I really hit the ceiling, though. I was in, I was in North Dallas. And I was at a fancy little Latino Mexican style restaurant. And on the menu, they had grilled vegetable fajitas. Now we got vegetable Man, I tell you, I was ready to walk out. I was ready to walk out. I just said, no, no, no. I mean, the poor fajita, I mean, it has a it has its place in history. It's a it's a prideful piece of meat that is served well, but people just want to combine it into everything. And a lot of people think that a fajita is grilled meat stuck into a tortilla with guacamole, with sour cream, with pico de gallo, and they wrap it up and they go, oh, that's a fajita. No, that's a taco. We've degraded this piece of great piece of meat and I, just I, named it whatever, put whatever in it, on it, seasoned it up, and all of a sudden, it's a fajita. I know. They think everything is a fajita, you know? <laughs> Anything, any type of meat inside of a tortilla rolled up, it's a fajita. I go, no, it's a taco. So then you start to do your history lesson with the waitress, and then I'm sure she's looking at you crazy at this point, thinking, what is wrong with this guy? I oh. just serve this stuff. Well, let me tell you, you're right, you're right. I mean, sometimes I get uh, people that know me, people who read my, my, my uh, Facebook site, they know every now and then. Something will trigger me, and I'll go off on chickens don't have fajitas. So I am the self-proclaimed fajita police trying to be its own little PR manager, if you will, to show the world that fajitas, you know, have the rightful place. And it is not – there's no chicken fajitas. There's no shrimp fajitas. And heaven forbid there's no grilled vegetable fajitas, okay? So, JR, tell me. Tell me, how is it – this whole fajita story came about or how do you know so much information and why do you think you know the truth behind this uh, you know just the fajita story you know why i know the truth because i know the man you know the man and the man is mr sunny falcon and he's right here sunny say hello hello sunny <laughs> <laughs> falcon hails from mercedes from mercedes exactly. texas and i've known sunny literally all my life and sunny is known far and wide as the fajita king so as people want to dispute and say jr you're wrong they'll look it up they'll google it they'll see weeklypedia and try to claim i'm wrong I'll, uh-uh because you know what i got sunny falcon in my corner and sunny is the fajita 
Fajita King. Sonny, fajitas. Yes, tell me, tell, tell me what you would like to know. Oh, do, do chickens have fajitas, Sonny? Uh, it, it'd be pretty interesting to see, <laughs> see if you could find them, but do, uh, do, I, 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 I don't believe so. <laughs> Sonny, explain to us what is a fajita, what cut of meat is, and how did it get its name? Okay, the fajita is a cut of beef that that comes off a, off of your diaphragm uh, it actually comes off the ribs the uh, of a cow right uh, of a cow and and it's a strip of beef and this thing can be oh two feet long maybe a little longer okay. uh, maybe a couple of inches wide so when 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 you see the strip of beef you visualize a fajita which in my mind we're talking about a faja a faja a belt and for those who are non-spanish speakers a faja in spanish is belt or exactly. sash exactly so, as far as i know chickens don't have those yeah thank you <laughs> so, so, so to begin with it's the cut of beef that makes a fajita okay so how would a chicken have uh, a fajita you, you know just show me one and may, maybe you'll convince me but uh so do you think this is like a restaurant's way of being greedy, just wanting well, since well, fajita was in such big, you know, high demand? It's not. It's not that they were being greedy. I, I think that they just didn't know any better, and and they were jumping on a bandwagon. Uh, you you can see what the fajita, fajita movement made, and I still get a big kick out of it. Is the the seasoning, for example. You know, they 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 put took a ten cents box of salt, sprinkled a little black pepper, a little red pepper, and call it a fajita seasoning. And they went to sprinkling this on whatever whatever cut of beef they had, hoping that it would tenderize it. Oh, I see. So not only were they finding out that it wouldn't tenderize. Now they were hoping at least to give it a, an extra flavor. So that's where the misconception came. They had the wrong cut of beef to begin with or whatever product they were working with. You well, know. Let, let, let's go back a second, if we may, to the origin of fajitas. Yes. Okay. First first of all, and you're absolutely right, Sonny. I, I see all kinds of fajita seasoning and all that, but it's kind of like, come on, a fajita is a cut of meat. It's, I mean, I don't see, you know, T-bone steak seasoning. I mean, right. people season things the way they season things. But the fajita, and, and Sonny, you're the expert, correct me if I'm wrong. In the old days, it used to be, it was scrap meat. It was ground up in hamburger meat. Well, yes, sir. Uh, the the industry, is, as we know, the meat industry, in, in breaking down your, your beef and trying to get to your prime cuts, you had a lot of trimming. This trimming's went to a side, your your prime cuts went to another side. So so you had a market for 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 the prime stuff, for your steaks and this and that. So you now had the leftovers. Leftovers <laughs> here to the side and what became hamburger in, in the industry. You know, this is where you know your hamburger meat comes, they took, they would take that and, and grind it through through the grinder and even use it possibly in sausage or such so it went through a grinder you know that's another misconception it was never a throwaway product like like people like to say not that I know of. it was just a lower grade of beet that was ground up in hamburger or sausage or whatever the the uh, the product the product wasn't being used right I don't think you know so so there wasn't a market for it my my experience was that I started, I started, I was fortunate enough, you know, that I grew up around a meatpacking company. I wound up in Austin, and within three months of being here, and we're talking about the late 50s, uh, I wound up working for a meat company, and we were training a lot of briskets with bone-in that we called bone-in brisket. Mm -hmm. So the ribs still had the little flap in there, you know, which is really your little fajita. But so, so we were trimming this, and of, of course, like I say, going through through the grinder. 
I began to play with it and came up with a little what I called the mock fillet. I, I took a little piece of tallow and, and rolled this thing up, put a little toothpick, put it in a broiler, and, and it cooked real tasty, real tender. So I knew that there was something there. On top of that, I now go work. I married into a family that had a neighborhood grocery store that had a over-the-counter meat market. So now, not only did I have access to the product at the, the com- meat company I was working for, but also at the store that, that I was helping out in the meat market so I could continue to play with, with the product. And, and I was impressed the way that that it would broil. You put it in a broiler, and, and it just real tender, real tasty. Didn't need no spices, no nothing. Didn't need to be marinated or anything. Nothing whatsoever. So working with that and then going to a little outside grill, putting it over, over the coals there and finding out how quick it, it cooked and how tender it stayed and cutting it up and putting it in a, a tortilla, find out that, you know, here, here was a product that uh, just had all kinds of potential. What I what I saw was a replacement of the hot dog, for example. I see. You, you know, and I'm telling you this because I still feel that I am the originator. Uh, there's different stories uh, different arguments. I, I, I'll answer anybody's questions and this and that, and they have to convince me. But I didn't get ideas from anybody. It's just something that that came up to me. So I'm telling you that it's a real simple. When when you use the proper product, it's going to cook so so nice, so fast. Uh, so tender, stay so juicy, with without any marinades or seasonings whatsoever. When you say when you use the proper product, so in other words, the proper cut of meat. Yes, sir. Now I, I know that that, and we were talking before the show. I mean, I really get upset because there's a lot of people that try to pass off certain meats as fajitas. I was in I was in Washington D.C. And I, there was a restaurant that opened up and said, authentic Tex-Mex. And I said, well, we'll check it out. We'll see how authentic this stuff is. And I ordered fajitas. And they bring me a plate. It was sizzling, and it had the onions and the— Made it look the, good. It made with it all look the good. Yeah. It smelled okay. But I looked at it, and it was sliced brisket. And I, I asked the waitress, and they go, no, those, those are fajitas. So I got into a discussion with the waitress. Then I got into a discussion with the manager. Then I got into an argument with the owner. And I ended up taking enchiladas instead because they just didn't know anything about fajitas. So, anyway, well, that often happened where people, where fajitas have become so generic that they try to substitute real fajita meat with other cuts of meat and call it fajitas? Well, unfortunately, I believe it's still happening. Uh, I believe that most it's of the It's a crime. That's you know, really th- sad. Th- th- no, it, it it's a crime. It, yeah. These people should be prosecuted. <laughs> should be punished. They're still they're still serving they're still serving whatever they want to serve and and put it on a tortilla and uh, what we call a taco they call a fajita now and I uh, I feel you, you well let me let me answer it this way back in in June of eighty one or eighty two uh, Playboy. Uh, called me up one day and you know I was fortunate to have a little short interview over the phone mm-hmm. from Playboy magazine from Playboy magazine they actually write stuff? yeah <laughs> there's actual right. stories in there there's one little article back <laughs> back and, and I like to tell people it, it was the the issue that followed uh, Vanna White if you remember when Vanna White was, the was scandal really, was yeah. was really on the scene she was the it girl and and uh, this particular issue was a following issue to that. But anyway, what I was trying to tell them and and what they wrote about is that I felt that they were raping the word. I was trying to prevent, you know, I was trying to get the word registered, you know, way back. Didn't succeed. Copyrighted? Yes, sir. Uh, Trademark. uh, Trademark. And, you know, I was turned down. The Secretary of State mentioned that it was a very common word in common usage that I couldn't I couldn't trademark it. 
So not having the resources to such, I had to back off knowing that they didn't know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay? But we're still paying for that because, like I say, I kind of felt that, that this thing was going to be such a great thing that people were going to, which they have done, put anything on a tree and call it a fajita. And that's what I was trying to prevent, basically, back then. You wanted to keep it in its natural state of just being a delicate piece of meat, and mm-hmm. everyone else has just cut it up, thrown stuff on it, seasoned it, and now just want to claim that it is a fajita, which is really like a crime, as well, JR was saying. It's a crime. You know, you know what? And I know that growing up uh, and and and. I mean, you used to be able to buy fajita meat or fajitas for the price of hamburger back back in the early days, right? In the 60s or so? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, that, that's the other problem that uh, we have to give Japan credit. Uh, we we failed, you know, as a consumer, didn't know what we had. Uh, I'm telling you, I was successful with when I was doing it. I knew what packers to go to. They didn't know why I was asking for this particular product, you know. But Japan, not that they were making fajitas, you know, that's not what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand. But their style of cooking is where they cut real thin. Therefore, it fell right into their pattern. So they were buying a lot of them. Oh, meat. they loved it. They they were smart enough that they controlled the market. Get it, yeah. you, you know, so so there's an outside skirt and there's an inside skirt. You know, what's okay. out of the market is the inside and, and it, it will never cook. It will never cook like the outside. The outside. See, that's the, the difference no matter how, how you beat it up, no matter how much marinades you do and, and this and that, it'll never have. The other one, just like I say, don't need anything. But you can't buy it because Japan has the the market on it. How does someone get coined as Fajita King, Sonny? How did you, I don't know when it started, but who, who gave you the name and, and how did you carry that throughout what, all this time? <laughs> Well, I started doing little concessions. You, you know, I did, uh, if you remember the old Aqua Festival and the festival Austin, such. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, you, you know, I, I was an original out there when, when, when the Aqua Fest was started in the very early 60s. Uh, I, I was an original with the Pecan Street Festival. Uh, so I started doing little stands around around the state and this and that and before I knew it you, you know in in uh, having a concession at whatever particular fair I like to give there's a young lady that happened to be from Mercedes also right uh, by the name of Julie Fernandez that was working for the American statesman back in the late 70s and next thing I know, she'd written a little article. And next thing I know, somebody had followed up. And next thing I know, there was another article by Julie. And by then, the the Fajita King came out. You know, so I'd like to believe that Julie was the one in Christian that. But uh, I think the Laredo Times, all they did was announce that I was coming to Laredo. And I show up in their newspaper, sticking right there at the motel as I'm checking in. This newspaper says, Fajita King to arrive mm-hmm. for Border Fest. And I tell people, why, why would people get excited in Laredo if they knew all about fajitas and, and this and that? To me, it's real, real simple. You know, here's a guy from Austin coming to sell something that supposedly all of South Texas and all of Mexico and all of San Antonio and whatever they were, they're the experts, you know. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a nobody, and yet, you know, you just think about it. So I guess, Sonny, in your, your being crowned Fajita King, not only your knowledge of the product, your your discovery of its use, but also the way you cook it. I mean, I've had your fajitas before. I mean, they are great. 
I mean, they they are they are well, well done. Well, they are. It's like I say, it's the product itself. I I have an old standing joke. A friend of mine. Uh, if people remember that, I opened up a, a little kiosk at North Cross Mall, and, and the requirement was, of course, electrically. And, and I didn't have any experience cooking with, with an electric grill and this and that. But I was so confident that what I had was going to work that I signed the contract and brought in electric equipment and cooked the fajitas and very successfully. So so I tell people, you know, I, I can cook a fajita for you even with a cigarette lighter. <laughs> and, and he says, Sonny, one of these days somebody's going <laughs> to... Take you up on it. It can be done. Okay. You know, it'll take a little while, but so it it doesn't need any particular fire or anything. So what you're saying is, if you have the right cut of meat, the right fajita, if you have a true fajita, you could cook it almost any way, any style, and it's always going to come up good. Yes. Sir. All right. Yes. Sir. You're listening to 501 News Latino, and we're here with Sonny Falcon, the fajita king, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to 501 News Latino with J.R. Gonzalez and Evelina Solis, and we are talking to Sonny Falcon, the Fajita King. If you just joined us, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited about doing this show because once and for all, we're getting it out there. We're proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no such thing as chicken fajitas. Chickens don't have fajitas. Shrimp don't have fajitas. And heaven forbid, there's no such thing as vegetable fajitas. A fajita is a specific cut of meat that comes from the cow and we're here with Sonny Falcon the Fajita King and he's explaining it to us and Sonny right There's exactly there, exactly but let me let me kind of throw a joke at you while, while we're talking about it because, <laughs> I love jokes uh, back back in 90 back in 92 uh, I closed my last restaurant in 92 and uh, John Castle the humorist from the American Statesman you know, walks in one day and we had an interview and he wrote his story and of course a couple of days later it comes out and it had the greatest heading to, to the article. I can't tell you word for word what the article said, but uh, he had looked at our menu and we had chicken fajitas on the menu for a particular reason. I'm disappointed, but go ahead. Yeah, well, the 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 heading and, and you love it. I I I'm in love with it. You know, it says Fajita King chickens out. <laughs> Fajita King chickens out. There you go. Yeah. All right, appropriate. We you know. Yeah, we we knew. You know, we knew that. Uh, <laughs> we we knew that. Uh, we were losing a lot of uh, a lot of clients. Uh, you know, people would call in uh, to do to do private private parties and and, and such for them, and, and they would insist on having chicken fajitas. And we tell them, you know, we can do fajitas for you, and and we'll do chicken tacos for you. And you 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 love what? Well, oh no 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 we. We don't want chicken tacos. We want chicken fajitas. And, you know, I'd get to the point where I says, ma'am, there's no such thing, but if, if it'll make you happy, just go to somebody else, you, you know. And, and, and that wasn't probably the, the proper thing to do, but you couldn't get it through their head that there's no such thing. So I'm telling you that no, no, <laughs> I don't know about how much money I left on top of the table for many times, you know, but... From, from walking away from making a chicken fajita exactly. because you couldn't make it. You got to stay true to being the king. I know. You can't well, be the king well, if you know, you're you, serving chicken fajitas. Yeah, if you're going to be the king, you're going to be the king of fajitas. Uh, Sonny, I want to introduce you. We have another member of the 501 uh, team that's Patrick Perez. He's on the road right now. He's on the line. Patrick, hello. That was my victory cry. <laughs> Wasn't sure what that was, but okay. That was, that was the sound of a chicken fajita running across the road. <laughs> Being struck by you? Oh, okay. Patrick, yeah, just getting hit by my car. Cut cut back on the caffeine, okay there, buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've still got half a cup here in my car. Okay. So cut off. Well, Patrick, thanks for joining us. We're talking to Sonny Falcon, the fajita king. And I know Hello, you. Sonny. How are you? 
And I know you hungry. have. Are you hungry? really? I wish I'd have brought some some, at least some chicken here for you. So, but uh, we, we didn't. Yeah. Well, Patrick, uh, let me ask you this: Do you have any questions for the Vajita King while you're while you're on the line? So now, let's just throw it out there. Okay, if it's not a chicken fajita, what do we call it? What's being served to us? Well, yeah, if I'm at, say, I'm at a restaurant and I'm like, well, I don't want a chicken taco. I want a chicken fajita taco. What, well, how well, could I differentiate? Well, number number one, if, if, if they know what they're doing, they wouldn't have anything to serve you. Uh, you, you, know, you, just have, you just have to go with the chicken taco. That's my belief, you know. Uh, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with chicken tacos. You know, it just grilled chicken tacos are good. Yeah. They're awesome, but they're not fajitas, right? I'm getting so hungry, exactly. but that's all good. Okay. So, and, and that's that's a misconception about the fajita. See, a lot of people, and I've, I've said this many times, a lot of people go go to their grave, you know, thinking they ate a fajita, and and, and they never did. You, you, you know, if if all they were getting was brisket style fajitas or, or shrimp fajitas and or whatever, you, you know, uh, chances were very very slim that somebody fed them a, an original. So that fajita. means I should steal H E B for all those fake chicken fajitas I've been buying. There's there yeah you know, and I think I think what's happened is the word fajita has become so generic that that. Uh, people just—I mean—the word itself mm-hmm. has become so generic that restauranteurs uh, have kind of, as Sonny was talking about, have thrown in the hat. The public says, "I want a chicken fajita," and they kind of said, "Okay," but actually, what you're doing—it's a grilled chicken taco that you're eating. And there's some people who actually believe, and this is Evelina. I know you're looking at me with kind of strange, but there's some people that think that a fajita is grilled meat inside of a tortilla with lettuce, cheese, guac. Guacamole, guess uh, you know sour cream the whole bit, and they think that itself is the fajita. I go, no, that's the taco, mm-hmm. and that's it's the chicken. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a chicken. Taco. No fajita. And, and as Sonny said, there's there's pro- people probably going to their graves and never even a, uh, have ever had a true fajita, and I feel sorry for those people. I really do. I think we need a moment of silence <laughs> for those people who have passed on and left this world without ever eating a true fajita because it's 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 a tragedy. I would really love is. to hear from our audience and just you know through our facebook users what they think about this whole thing now that all these people have been misled all of these years well, to think that they're eating fajitas it, 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 i wouldn't say that it is still a chicken fajita though like i think it's kind of this this whole evolution is not it can't just become oh no it is well, going Pat- to be a fajita patrick patrick did your mother drop you on your head as a child what do you mean <laughs> how, how can you have she a chicken fajita Unfortunately, hey Pat. Unfortunately, you may be you may be uh, of the mentality that I'm beginning to dislike. Oh, <laughs> Patrick. So why you, did you call you in? Go, you okay. Go, so here's 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 the point. Okay. So let's say for breakfast. Little Jr. woke up, put on his little ballerina slippers, went to his fridge, and he pours a glass of milk. But then Patrick wakes up, he goes to the fridge, he pours almond milk. They're still both milk, but does that mean like one is not really milk? It's just a different type of milk. So you know even what? though we say a chicken fajita is not really a fajita, it well, is a well, fajita. It is a and and, and I, I I can see a difference. You, you know, milk is milk, and and you're telling me a fajita is a fajita, but 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 you're not listening. You you you. Listen, Patrick. Listen. You know what, what I'm saying? What I'm saying that the proper thing is the cut of meat itself. So so. When oh yeah, I won't argue with that. No, okay. The, well, well. They are telling me about the the certain cut of the cow. That, that is a faja. Exactly. I won't agree. I'll, I will agree with that. So, but so, I will so, say that it's the uh, it's the the conception is almost that evolution that this taco is now boom a fajita because of the way it was grilled. In essence, you changed the method of cooking it, and now it's a now, fajita. Now, now let me let me let me tell you when you take when you take a, a round steak. And, and and you put it on on your grill, uh, and you invite your friends over for for brisket. I'll call it a rattlesnake fajita. <laughs> okay. Well, but you're you're not gonna call it a brisket, are you? No, it wouldn't be a brisket. Well, it'd be snake meat. That's the whatever. point, fajita king's trying to make. Mm-hmm. 
passion. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we no, we are we we agree that it's not it is not the authentic fajita. But if you go through it, what do you like? What do you call it? Okay, give me a grilled chicken taco. Then then wait, that wait, would be wait, that wait, would be correct. I mean, so everything that, you're getting fed that's much, is that's really too many words. And as an American, I hate using too many words. Well, Three well, words down to one. Give me two words: chicken fajita or grilled chicken taco. Grilled chicken taco. Three words. Yeah. So for the sake of being an American, I must say chicken fajita. Two okay. Words. Okay, Patrick. Patrick, I know you're an American, but what happened to that Mexican American? Where's your culture? Where's well, your roots? That's why I could think. I mean, are you a are you a Mexican or a Mexican? Oh, it's a fusion of Tex Mexican. Well, I, I think the problem is even through history, we've lost a lot of the origination of what our ancestors have taught us and like what history has taught us, and that's why we're sometimes confused because we've just went to believe whatever people have told us like the generation before well we've adapted like i'll say i'm mexican-american i'm not the model or whatever our original hey hey hey, patrick uh again see we're we're losing our culture here uh number number one we we we've become taco bell fans instead instead of original mexican food uh we're we're letting them dictate to us what what it's going to be called uh, uh, he, you know, whatever fancy names they come up with and this and that. And, and if you're going to accept it, that's fine. You know, just in in my world, I'll never accept it. It's like going back to the origination of, like, the cowboys, you know. Where did we get rancheros? And, uh, you know, like, we claim that it was here, but really, I mean, it was brought you know, horses were brought through Mexico. So it's like we forget where things actually originated from. And so I really appreciate hearing the history of the fajita and that it's a specific cut of me and that this whole time we've been fooled, Patrick. We've been fooled. We've been deceived, but I would say it's not it's not a losing of the culture. It's there the culture's still there. But as we grow, I think- as we move like Mexican Americans it's it's now its own cold culture. It's it's part of the new. It's part of the old. It's like this new fusion. It's like a hybrid. Okay, maybe it it's is. a hybrid. Yeah. Maybe the culture has been woven into the fabric of the tapestry of this land. Wow. But a fajita is still a fajita, Patrick. Thank you for you know what. If you like it that much, dress as a fajita for Halloween. <laughs> you know, Patrick. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you're on a schedule. Denver, unplug this guy, Just, Patrick. I'll, I'll dress as I got there or something or a Come as a side. Why don't you just become become a chicken taco, and then you'll be right for the night, okay? Just dress as a chicken taco, taco. and not a chicken fajita. No, I I challenge you. Go as a as a bowl of pico de gallo. (laughs) And I'll dress up as a fajita. Evie will dress up as a tortilla or a taco. You know, we can we can we can go from door to door, (laughs) and people will be hungry. We can give up ourselves to the exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah, it sounds great, like plan. Sonny, you mentioned a good thing. You mentioned something interesting, Taco Bell. You know how you know how Taco Bell originated? Does anybody know that? Taco Bell. The restaurant chain? Pepsi? Well, actually, in 1948, <laughs> the McDonald brothers started McDonald's. And that was in California. And another restaurateur who kind of liked the concept also started a hamburger place. And his name was Glenn Bell. Well, as he was playing with the fryer, he started experimenting with the fryer and everything else and actually dropped tortillas in there and came up and developed the thing of those little those crispy tacos the little boats the little boats <laughs> not the boats yeah, I mean, the, the, the taco crispy shell taco. the yeah. crispy taco shell and he opened up a restaurant that was called uh, Tacotilla in 1954 that had later evolved into Taco Bell and so it was like from a McDonald's origin a plane with a fryer a drop in the tortilla in there Tacotilla in 1954 that then spread across the country to Taco Bells. Now, I don't consider Taco Bell as true Mexican food, but it's interesting to our point that we're making with fajitas how, you know, a, a, a meal or a food can, has, can expand and mm-hmm. become, you know, something evolve into something completely different than it originally was. Yeah. I mean, a crispy taco, I mean, it didn't, ex- I mean, you didn't have crispy tacos as we know them today before. Right. Because well, you didn't know, but... Uh Right there in our little community, there there's a guy that actually invented the the first taco shell machine. 
Oh, really? Yes, sir. Which community is that? In Mercedes. Man, everything happens in Mercedes. 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 All right, Mercedes. Put Mercedes no, no. on the map. There's gentlemen, you look look at your history and this and that. You're going to find uh, a gentleman, Jorge Sainz. Uh, I forget. He was on Georgia Avenue. Had a, had a little tortilla factory. And he actually came up with a little homemade uh, concrete little trough with with a bicycle chain driven little thing with with the cutoffs of uh, of the scans, you know, folded like it and put the, put the little fresh tortilla on it and pass it through, be to, through the grease. So, wow! There you go. The question I have: What if we drop Jr. in a fire? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, Patrick, you may want to drop me in a fryer, but I'm going to drop you for your, your, your call off this line. But... <clears throat> yeah. So, Sonny, I have a question. You know, we've been talking a lot yes, about these fajitas. Yes, and we've been talking about the history. But I want to know even more history of food. Okay. Because okay. I do like my Mexican food. I sure do. Well, I, I can help you with a few items. <laughs> so can you tell me about, like, barbacoa? What is? How did that okay, start? Well, well, barbacoa. Like I tell people, you know, it's probably been here since Jesus Christ. You know. Wow. And, uh, we, <laughs> Jesus we, ate barbacoa. Jesus ate barbacoa. We uh, we 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 grew up in a little community, and and I'm sure that a lot of communities down the Rio Grande there uh, were doing cooking beef heads on on Saturday nights. Uh, and serving it Sunday mornings. Okay. Let me Beef interrupt. Head. Let me let me interrupt. If, barbacoa. Just so you know, uh, for listeners out there who may not be familiar, it is it is beef. It comes. It's the meat that comes from the head of a cow. Exactly. And the old style of cooking barbacoa. For any any listener that may be familiar with that movie Giant, I mean, what you used to do, Sonny, and please correct me if I'm wrong. In the old days, you used to dig a pit, you know, fill it with coals, get the get the cow head, and wrap it up in cloth or foil or whatever. Drop mm-hmm. it in there. Bury it, let it cook all day, and then when it came out, then you would pull that delicious, savory, it, tender it, it, meat. It just fall off the bone. Oh, God, it just so fall good. off you the bone. You'd invite all your family and, and, and friends. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the movie Giant has a scene, and and, and I guess. Elizabeth Taylor comes up and I guess, I guess this thing was repulsive to her, you know, to see this big head. But <laughs> but see, see, we we make a mental block, and and we can't get beyond that. Mm-hmm. So never did taste the product, but uh, I'm telling you, when a beef head's cooked right, it's it's again there's something there that doesn't need. Spices. This thing naturally tastes good, you know. And for yeah. those those for that have the palate for it, along with the head, you have the lengua, the tongue, yes. the sesos, mm-hmm. the brain. You have mm-hmm. the eyes. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, is that I, where menudo comes uh, from? Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> well, menudo is another. It's your stomach lining. Yeah, yeah. you know. It's, hey. Y'all aren't helping. I'm driving. I'm hungry. <laughs> Another hour to drive. Well, thank goodness you're not a vegetarian because we'd be in a lot of trouble. You'd be like, what? Well, I tell you what. There's one thing. As Latinos, we don't waste anything when it comes to cooking. Oh, no. I mean, everything. Make sure we put everything but, to use. But, Sonny, now I know that, that uh, I know growing up, as he keeps mentioning, the, you know, the Mercedes Chamber of Commerce ought to, you know, help sponsor the show. They're getting a lot of play. But uh, I know that growing up, um, you know, down in South Texas and that – Barbacoa, you could only get it on Sundays. I, I remember my granddad going to getting up in the morning, getting in line, going and bringing back a couple pounds of barbacoa, and you just wake up on a Sunday morning, and that was a treat. I mean, it really was. But then, you know, why was production only on Sundays? Well, uh, evidently, their custom, you know, was geared at a Sunday morning breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, so evidently, this was the highlight of their Sundays for, for, for breakfast. You know, I come along in the very early 70s, and I approached the health department. I built a facility. I cooked 200 head a day for about 12 years. 200 cow heads a day? 200 cow heads a day. Okay. That is a lot of cowheads. And I'd venture to say nobody's done that. And, and I'd venture to say that today the people that are doing barbacoa, 
without stepping on any toes. Uh, I'm, or hooves. I, 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 I'm probably not wrong, but they're just boiling beef cheeks. They're not cooking heads. Okay. You know, but anyway, I cook 200 head a day. You know, under inspection, I sold I sold Arracoa from from Laredo to Brownsville to to Houston here in in Austin. My fallacy was that I was way ahead of my time. I wanted people to know that they didn't have to wait till Sunday morning to have Arracoa. You know, they could have it there any time of the day, any day of the week, and. All they had to do is pull it out of the freezer. I packed it in a boilable bag. They put it in boiling water. In 15 minutes, it was ready. By then, we had discovered microwave ovens. You'd put it in a microwave oven in five minutes. It, it, it was there. But people weren't willing to heat it themselves. I, I sold a lot of product you know, as, as long as I sold it hot to them. But 200, 200 heads a day. Yes, sir. So yes, what'd, you, what'd you do with the rest of the cow? Didn't didn't bother it. Okay. He you just know? did. The, he just cooked that. I, 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 I just I, so did you order just order cow heads. I was just ordering cow heads. I was just <laughs> ordering fajita <laughs> meat, and I was just ordering uh, panza for for menudo. Yeah, doing, you, you know, the, another thing. Another thing that I did. You know, people will never give me credit for, but I started cutting the the beef tripe in in, in little pieces. So when, when the consumer came by, all they had to do was go cook. The menudo. Yeah, yeah. Instead of nowadays, again, these people are cutting it, but they're running it through a bandsaw. And you, you it's have not cut right. Not it right. doesn't taste right. Uh, yet. Exactly. You still have to go yeah. through it. And, and still cut and it yourself. Cut yeah. it up. So, yeah. so uh, I think we should have a little cookhouse money to help this do it authentically on the ground. Well, I mean, uh, hey. To, to do it to do it authentically is great because, as Sonny was saying, I mean it, it is really really good meat. I know to some listeners it may sound a little strange, it may sound a little different, but you know what? Don't hate unless you tried it. I mean, good exactly. barbacoa Compared is. To all the other thing we're already eating. Yeah, barbacoa is 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 really really good stuff. And as we look at barbacoa, I'm sure that as fajitas, there's a lot of other people that'll substitute. Uh, other meats and call it better call. That's what I was exactly. wondering. Exactly. Is that, does that yeah. happen? Uh, quite in often. Quite often. One, one, one of the cuts that they use when 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 you run your 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 chuck and cut cut your chuck steaks and this and then you wind up way up in the shoulder and in the neck part. Instead of trimming that to go through hamburger meat, they'll take that chunk and throw it into a whatever pie or whatever they're cooking their heads or whatever they're doing and mixing that. You know, it's not bad meat, but it's not head meat. Yeah. It's sad how much just in our agricultural community, how much they're being forced by major, um, you know, places that have such a demand on the meat that they're having to, like, plump up the cows and plump up the pigs. And we're not really getting the quality of meat that, people were getting back in like the 60s and 70s and because of the reproduction of having to produce so much of it so fast to certain meat packing industries it's causing us i don't know cases like this with the fajita we're not even knowing really what we're eating on a regular basis it's well, really well, sad the, the, the fajita the fajita is no problem yeah you know but uh, the the racing of, of the cattle is scary yeah, uh, I'm telling you that uh, I was behind. I was behind the meat counter for for many many years, and I bought from many many companies. I knew exactly where the best products were. That's what made me successful. Is that I knew where to buy. You knew quality. Exactly. The scary thing about it is that you get companies that either inject their 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 animals or feed them something but you could see it for and I'll give you an example on the liver you know we again is is growing up poor this is the stuff that we ate you know I, I consider growing up financially challenged <laughs> but, but, but we were lucky you know when yeah. this this product was available to us I tell you we could make a pot of soup for practically nothing you know because uh 
it, it was an agriculture area. You, you, you know, you go get your your vegetables at the back of the house, you know, for nothing. But anyway, getting back, I can I can show you that a particular company that I was shy from, I could see it on the liver. If if you brought if you brought the liver, you couldn't slice it because it, it it was mushy. Oh. Uh, the other, you could see it on the beef tribe, the the lining of your stomach. That when you put that particular product in a pot of water, and when it started boiling, it just disintegrated. Well, what it's telling you, what it told me, was too many chemicals it went through through those organs, and they weren't developed properly in those areas yeah, of yeah. their body because it, they needed so, to hurry so, up so and get rid of them. It's scary to think. You know what it did to the rest of the animal? It, it yeah. got a hunk here. Uh, what, what are we eating? Yeah. You know? And why are so many more people being diagnosed with different types of illnesses that we've never heard of? Makes me think. Makes me I, think. I, all I'm going to say is, Sonny, to your point. Evelina, to your point, but this is a show about fajitas. It's not a health show. Okay, fajitas are good for you. We need we need to take a break. You're listening to the 501 News Latino. We're here with Sonny Falcon, our guest, Patrick Pacman Perez on the road, and uh, I'm lost. Evelina, <laughs> Evelina Solis, and Jr. Gonzalez. Patrick, I know you need to go, and we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to 501 News Latino, and we're here with the Fajita King, Sonny Falcon. We've been talking about fajitas. Now, Sonny, let me back up a little bit. Um, during the break, we were talking. Now, there's actually two cuts. I mean, the fajita is the beef skirt, but there's an inside cut and an outside cut. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and what, what we're talking about is Japan, because the meat is so good, it cuts so thin that they're actually almost have a corner on that market and they're gobbling up every bit of, of, of outside and, cut that's, and, that's out there. And, and it's been for many, many years. It's not, it's not that they just discovered it yesterday. They, they probably discovered it about the same time that I did. You know, there was a difference between the two cuts. And, and of course, how can you compete with them? They they buy the bulk, and if there's some available to us, then then we can buy them. So they just acted on it pretty much faster than we did. That's probably what happened there. <laughs> right, Japanese. You got to give them credit, man. They you got to give them credit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I say, to clarify, not that they're cooking fajitas, but their style of cooking is they slice their their meat so thin and this and that, and fell right into their lap. That's great. As 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 we look at it, and let's kind of go back to. I mean, there's a lot of different stories out there and a lot of different versions. But one of the things, Sonny, we were talking before the show is that one thing that in, in some of my fajita research and general knowledge is that um, the the vaqueros. And well, let me let me back up even further. And Evelina, you you were mentioning this earlier. Uh, I get a kick out of it that some of the people think that cowboys is an American thing because it's not actually. You know, horses did not come over the Mayflower. It was the Spanish conquistadores that brought horses over to Mexico. And then from Mexico, they migrated up. And it was the Mexican cowboy, the vaquero, that showed the Anglo settlers how to become cowboys. So, I mean, uh, come on, guys. I mean, like, rodeo was a Spanish word. Lasso. Lasso. Yeah. Rodeo, Lasso, you know, yeah. a corral. I mean, these are not English words. These are these are Spanish words adapted. But so many people think that cowboy is an American thing, but it's really not. Um, you know, that's a, a whole nother that's show. A, that's a whole nother we show. We can't wait to talk about that. But one. back in the day, um, when, when the vaqueros or the cowboys or the ranchers used to work uh, on some of these ranches, some of the stories are is that they'd be paid partly in cash and, and cuts of meat. And that some of that fajita meat was actually part of that as, as scrap. Now, now, Sonny, I know we were talking before the show. You kind of dispute that whole thing. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on that? Well, I I wouldn't dispute that they were cooking. You know this cuts and this and that. What I what I what I what I dispute is that 
they weren't calling it a fajita. Okay. It was just a piece of meat that it they were just a piece cooking, of meat however. Happened, which, which is there. Now, let me, that brings up a, a, another sore subject because there's a professor, at one time a professor at uh, A&M, that supposedly got a grant to, to do research on fajitas, okay? And, and the bottom line, is, as I understand the story, comes and he puts it in his little community on some relative of his, you know, that started the the movement and it just happens to be right outside the King Ranch and this and that. Mm-hmm. Those kind of stories bother me because everybody and, and you're going to have to agree with me here that anybody you talk to that has any knowledge at all about fajitas has heard of the fajita king. Oh, yeah. Okay. So people have called me. The the Playboy people were, were, were honorable enough, you know, to trace it down to me. Why didn't this guy, which lives in 100 miles away from me, you know, get in contact with me and, and ask me some questions or tell me that he's doing a story and, and this and that. And then to come to the conclusion that it's some relative of his, mm-hmm. you know, not, uh, those are little stories that, that bother me. I've never gotten any money from anybody. Well, Sonny, you're here on the air with 501 News Latino to get the record straight. You are the undisputed king in our eyes. Evie, would you say that's true? Yeah, I've read a lot on you, so, so it's great to have you right here in our studio. And and the best that I can tell you is that I never heard of the word fajita. I never saw a fajita cooked. I never tasted anything that was eat called until I came up with the thing. Yes, I was born in Rio Grande Valley. I left in late 58 and, and people will have to remember that what we knew as Avacoa was a beef head and then we were beginning to uh, with these outdoor barrels we were beginning to grill chickens ribs and tripas as best as I recall uh, we, so you, you know, in our backyards Marco Polo, Columbus, Lewis and Clark, Sonny Falcon, all all explorers finding new territory. Well, and, 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 and you bring up a, a name because I, I, I again in clarifying and not trying to mislead anybody. I wasn't there when Christopher Columbus got off the boat, so I don't know if he was sitting a fajita. And it's Cristobal Colon. Cristobal Colon. Yeah. yeah. So I, that, Christopher that again, Columbus. I wouldn't argue with you if he was eating a fajita. Spain. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what? There's so many different. I mean, uh, again, there's fajitas. I mean, it's almost become a generic term to describe a lot of foods. But my favorite way to eat fajitas was the way my dad used to serve it to me uh, growing up. Is that he get he would get the the, the fajita meat, you know, the the, the steak, the, the faja skirt skirt steak, cook it and grill it, and then. Cut it up into a smaller steak where we had like a six to eight ounce serving on a plate with some rice and beans. And I would treat it as a steak, you know, and actually eat it as a, as a steak. But this dicing it up or chopping it up and sticking it in a tortilla, to me, that was a waste of that was a waste energy, of, time. Yeah, Just up, eat it. <laughs> you fill up too much on other stuff. So, you know, the way I like it and still like to do it is I'll grill the fajita meat and I'll, and I'll get it and I'll make a steak out of it and then slice it on my plate and eat it with, with uh, rice and beans. And it's great. So, so you make a very interesting point because the the cut itself, you, you know, is also fairly thick. Okay, so it makes it makes a, an awesome steak. the The reason the reason that I took and and made a butterfly cut was because when when I opened up a stand and all of a sudden. There's excitement out there, all lined up, and cooking and, faster. And and, and and I'm looking and I say, well, what do I do now? In, in order to maybe it'll cook a little faster if I cut it a little thinner, and it worked. But that, that's the reason. And now 
uh, even before I show up, you know, I split my my fajitas. But, but but it does make a a wonderful steak. You yeah, know, when you get to there's one 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 end of the of the skirt that is thicker than the other, and, and it makes a, an awesome steak. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love I love a good taco, uh, fajita taco, but just the fajita meat itself. I mean, is just a, a great piece of meat. I mean, I it's really awesome. Like it. It, I like it does not need. I'm telling you, it's it's natural. It's juicy. It's tasty. It's. Uh, uh, oh, I know. Then people want to destroy that natural flavor with with salsa, with cheese, with sour cream, with lettuce, well, with pico de well, gallo. When you go, when it's you a, it's a sin, it's a crime. When, when you go, when you go for a, a, a steak at a good steakhouse, exactly. You don't you don't even want to see any sauce on the table. You, you know, am the I correct? The chef would be insulted. I'm telling you. I know. You Just get some potatoes on the side, right? Yeah, well, all, all the other good is with, with the thing, but you don't, you don't want to add any more Steak stuff. To, exactly. Yeah. You, 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 want to enjoy, you want to enjoy the flavor of that particular steak. And, and I may be wrong, but I, I've got no use for I've got no use for marinades. I've got no use for, for steak sauce. I've got no. So one day we'll get to try your famous fajitas. Spoken like a true fajita connoisseur. There, you're right. There's yeah. marinating. I mean, I've seen different fajita recipes online and stuff like that. It, it, it's, it's a farce. It's a crock. Why do that when the meat is so good if you have the right cut of meat? Well, well, and I, I don't go as far as, as criticize them that, that bad because there may be a little taste extra taste that they're looking for that they like and this and that. But I would venture to say that, that what they're looking for is a tenderizer. <laughs> Which is not necessary. Yeah, exactly. Now, it brings up a point, Sonny. Um, doing a little research here, I understand that I believe the year was 1982 when the Hyatt Regency Hotel, a new chef came in there and was really impressed with the uh, the local Tex-Mex cuisine of fajitas and developed the fajita platter and they brought it out uh, sizzling. And from my understanding is that became such a popular dish that uh, that 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 particular fajita uh, that particular restaurant in the high in the Hyatt chain became a signature dish and one of the most profitable restaurants of all the Hyatt restaurants because but they were selling fajitas. They had a never ate there, but being told and reading reviews, they had a beautiful presentation. It was an awesome sizzling platter with with all his goodies there. But if I read the same article, uh, and this would have been uh, Southern Living Magazine, if I recall, uh, the bottom line was that when, when they were interviewed, they mentioned that they weren't cooking skirts, that they were cooking a better grade of beef. So, to me, they weren't doing fajitas. Aha. That's that's all I'm I'm here to tell you. I, I don't know. I, I I I give them credit for spreading. You know, here here you have one man against the world. They had uh, resources all over the world, uh, and and I understand a very beautiful presentation, a very good product. So therefore, they were able to spread it out. But if what I read, they weren't doing fajitas. Uh, if I recall, I have actually have seen the platter. I've tasted their meat. Um, there at the Hyatt Regency, and it, it was good. It, it was excellent. You're absolutely correct. Excellent presentation. is good, but dang, was it pricey. And I'm telling you what, that's that's another pet peeve of mine, Evelina. Let me tell you, get started. I'll just say it, get it off my chest since we're doing the show. If you look at fajitas, you, oh, I mean, come on. The, the price of fajitas has skyrocketed. I mean, it's higher than the price of gold almost per capita. I mean, it, keep, <laughs> it, it keeps going up you know, because people are it's so popular. Where before, you used to get at the price of hamburger meat. So if you look at a cut of meat that was once the price of hamburger meat, rice and beans, and come on, that's going to cost you, you know, $16 plus? I mean, that's ridiculous. But that's why, you know, whenever possible, when I can find a good cut of fajita meat, Sonny, I mean, I just love going out back, grilling it, inviting friends and neighbors over. Not too many because I'm pretty greedy. I like I like the good stuff for myself, but I do invite some people over. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been cooking fajitas for how long now? 
Well, over 40-some-odd years. What's what's the biggest crowd you've ever fed? Well, different different uh, stories here. The biggest the biggest crowd probably 1,100, wow. uh, three or four times. You know, and I know that we did for for companies brought in the mayors for, from all the Texas cities, and we did it at the Capitol grounds. Uh, we did another one for another little hundred people uh, out here at Woldridge Park. Now, the biggest disappointment is, is I did uh, one for the Texas Exit Association, the Travis County Exit Association. And I was led to believe that it was further membership and, well, what can you do for us? And mm-hmm. uh, I agreed to, to feed them for, for so much and supposedly it's going to be just so many people. I show up and find out that it's the orange and white football scrimmage. <laughs> the whole city of Austin invited. Okay? For something that you thought was just limited yeah, amount exactly. of people for the Texas. Exactly. They never they never came through with the help that they were gonna tell me and this and that, but I still had plenty of product, I had plenty of help, I had plenty of this and that. But a a very embarrassing thing because as I started feeding, here comes the crowd. And and for what I was doing, people would say, give me two, and I'd give them two. The other one said, give me four, and give them four. So, therefore, the line wasn't moving that fast. Did you run out of product? No, no. What happened, here comes this guy, and he gets... He gets after me. He says, Sonny, I thought you were a professional. I says, tell me, what what am I doing wrong? He says, you're not moving this line fast enough. So I said, look, fella, I says, you misled me. You didn't tell me that you you had an open stadium here. You led me to believe that we were going to be in a confined area, and I was just going to feed your group, and that's going to be it. I said, but I'll show you that, that I can move. So I went back to my crew, and I told them, just as fast as you can, just give them one at a time. Yeah. So here, but the second or third person in line comes up and wants four or five of them, and I give him one, and, and I say, thank you, sir. He said, no, I wanted five. I said, yes, sir. If you'll get back in line, I'll give you your second one. <laughs> Huh? Yeah. And <laughs> I bet they were moving fast after that. Well, let me tell you, some lady took offense to what I was saying. She says, do you know who you're talking to? And I says, no, ma'am. I says, all I know is this gentleman. Told, he, yeah. one of the, he says, this is Mr. Ed Bluestein. So I kind of took my head off, bowed to him, says, how are you, Mr. Bluestein? I says, now you want some more fajitas? Get back in line. <laughs> there you and and uh. the, these people came back to me and, and said, Sonny, next time, next time we're going to have to do something different. I said, no, there's not going to be a next time. Not, not being misled like it. Because it makes you like look bad uh, and not being prepared. But here, here, I'm here to tell you, they ran out of ice. They ran out of cups. I didn't run out of product. All right. All right. He was prepared. The king. The king. king. Prepared. Guys, um, you've been listening to 501 News Latino. We're here with Sonny Falcon, the Fajita King, the undisputed Fajita King. Others have tried. Others have tried to dethrone, but they have fallen short because nobody, absolutely nobody, knows fajitas and knows how to cook them as well as Sonny Falcon. Sonny, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I really do. Well, I thank you. I learned so me. much today, Sonny. Well, thank you so I hope, much. I hope I was informative enough. Oh. The next time someone comes up to me and says, do you want a chicken fajita or a vegetable fajita, I can laugh so hard and be like, you have no idea. Thank you, Evelina. <laughs> thank you. I learned you. something 
listening today. Thank now, you very hopefully much. Hopefully our listeners out there will do the same and we'll start a movement. We'll, we'll start it. I mean, fajitas should have their rightful place chicken. on the menu. Yeah, I mean, faji- yes. Chicken I mean, chicken and, and shrimp fajitas things. don't exist. And, yeah. and, I, and I really need to, to say, I mean, uh, the, little, the little town, the little pueblito of Mercedes, Texas. Where you were born, right? Where I was born. Grew up. Grew up, you know, <laughs> on summers. And, and that's where Sonny is from. And, and, I, and I have to say, and, and Evelina, we were, we were talking, um, actually, I guess fajitas is kind of in my blood. And as I said, I've known, I've known Sonny for my entire life because actually when my mom was pregnant and went into labor, Back in 1958, my dad was in the Air Force, and he was a few hours away. Mom went into labor. Sonny was the only one. He was a neighbor who had a car. And so he actually drove uh, drove my mom to the hospital uh, so I could be born. So, Sonny, I want to thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I I thank you. And and little correction, you all had the car. Your mama had the car. I was just driving. Oh, we had the car. Yes, yes, sir. But uh, good thing that you dated because we know that I left the valley in 58, and and there was no such thing as fajitas in the valley, no matter what all these people say. Yeah, that's great. JR, so you would not be here if it wasn't for him being able to drive your mom. I mean, who knows what could have happened who knows? in that little bit of time. All so that. And who and here we are as as the as the circle of life comes along, <laughs> we're here together to show to the world that fajitas do not come from chickens. Yeah, okay. chickens do not have fajitas, people. Chickens do not have fajitas. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Five oh one News Latino with Evelina Solis and JR Gonzalez. And the king of fajitas, Sonny Falcone. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you.